Hey, Pride fam, get ready for a brand new episode of Pride the Podcast, featuring special guest activist Brett Cross. So grab yourself a treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Happy holidays. Uh, happy holidays, holidays everybody. You guys, happy that holidays. song is a bop. It is. <laughs> Thanks, Target. Song. Target did not Target. That's Motown. Target. I'm so excited for the holidays. I already have my tree up. I have my cats and my stockings on the mantle. Your cats are always on your mantle. No, they're not allowed there, but their stockings are. <laughs> I have my wreath on my front door. And a ring cover for a ring that don't I'm, work. A ring that it never char- works. Well, It, it doesn't, doesn't charge or it's not charged. No, that's that's strategic. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I don't want to know who's at my front door. You just want to okay. open it and be surprised. I'm not opening so. it. Grinch. Well, then, then I'm not going to pay for a ring. How are you going to be a Grinch inside that? You know what? Brayden's Anyway, <laughs> welcome everyone to a new episode of Pride the Podcast. I'm Ashley Mitchell. I'm Darrell Anthony. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. I'm Ione K. Cumming. And I'm Braden the Grinch Bradley. <laughs> Special <laughs> shout out to our friends over at Rehab Entertainment for bringing us back, 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 back again. Back again, guys. I'm excited to be here with you guys today. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since been a while. all five of us are in the same room as yeah. well. No one's Skyping in. No one's on location. No one's traveling. That's good. Mm-hmm. I'll be damned. <laughs> Just in time for the penultimate episode. I know. I know. I'm excited to come back. And, you know, today we are going to be speaking to wonderful activist Brett Cross. I'm very excited to have him on the podcast and talk to him and and just hear all of his knowledge and everything. So hear his story, hear his story. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be talking to him a little bit later. But before all of that, how is everyone's Thanksgiving? We were kind of all together in a way, shape or form. But (laughs) let's get everyone's experience from Thanksgiving. Yeah, I will go first because I want to say I think it was one of our most successful um, Thanksgivings yeah. in terms of timing wise. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Um, I think, you know, Ashley, your parents really helped. Oh yeah. Um, facilitate that. Thank mm-hmm. you over at um, Kitchen Island Tea. Yes. Almost said thank you Long Island Iced Tea. <laughs> Long Island Iced Tea. The Long Island Iced Tears. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no, timing wise, I just think everything worked out so well. Mm-hmm. Everything was delicious. Well, because mm-hmm. Vanita's yeah. on time. Yeah. And we do have mm-hmm. to give that. She, when she said a time, she meant just that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really good. I just feel like the atmosphere of family was really great. Um, something that Ashley's mom and dad did. I know they did it for me and I know for Corey as well. Shout out to Corey. He is visiting his family. So he's already, we've already allowed him to go on his holiday break. Allowed. Um, <laughs> so his PTO was approved. His, his right, right. PTO he's was approved. Did last he minute. log it in before he left? Uh, he did it while he was already on the plane. Okay, because we don't get no rollover PTO days <laughs> we, do, we do Damn. not. It expires and starts over. Uh-huh. That's some bullshit. Uh-huh. Well, it's, Sorry. It, oh, talk I've to used HR. mine and I've used... I've used Braden. (laughs) You've used other people's PTO. Um, No, one thing that I really loved as Ashley's parents, like, taught other people different ways to cook um, in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Ashley's dad showed me how to do something different with gravy that I hadn't done. But Ashley's mom was like, you showed me how to put 
uh, the dressing into the gravy to make it, which was pretty cool. And mm-hmm. I know that they taught Corey some things. So it was oh, really. Yeah. Corey made the greens. Yeah. He made the Beans, peach cobbler. Oh, the yams. Green, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the yams and okra. Like, mm-hmm. my mom was like, Corey, you going to stay? You going to work? You're most definitely <laughs> going to work. And that's what I loved uh, It was that Corey took the initiative and was like, hey, I'm going to come over. I'm yeah. going to do this. I, and like wanted Corey's to learn. that kind of friend? Mm-hmm. Most of the food Thank was God. made pre-made the night which is what normal people do yeah. meaning um, it was frozen well and what was good though is there was no but there was no running around because i feel like a lot of times when we do um holiday parties or any kind of party in the house of heights ashley and i most definitely are running around the day yeah. of, and Child adam is agrees. in the house cleaning while ashley and i are outside with bags from the dollar store and the <laughs> stores trying to like get it together and yeah we to do that this time no nope, my soon. mom brought everything all the flatware and plasticware and all that so stuff. she should come for the halloween party <laughs> right it'll Fact. run right. like clockwork yeah yeah, no. yeah. Because Darrell and I are definitely always the ones running around. Because our costumes are so good and elaborate that we have to like start makeup and then poor Adam gets left and he's like, I'm tired of y'all too. And then, but this year was That's good. why I was like, I'm glad this is at Charles' house. Let yeah. Charles deal with it. Thank you, yeah. Professor. <laughs> but yeah, I, Thanksgiving was, was great. How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was great. I was at some friends um, in Jersey. Not us. Not these friends. I have many friends. Mm. <laughs> Darrell thinks that I keep my friends from him, and that is not the case. It's true. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you. It's true. It's not true. So I've just started infiltrating. I was worried. I've started infiltrating. I had to fly to the West Coast to get one of your friends. Um, I did. I had you had her number already. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all of them. I want to be. I want to be a party. I want to be in your skin. <laughs> is that going to be okay? Can I please be in your skin? <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Okay, she said, yeah, that's all I needed was consent. Right. <laughs> I don't remember saying yeah. You did, literally said, did. Yeah. Run the tape back. <laughs> Roll Andy. The Andy, run the tape back. Does Andy ever run the tape back? He not himself, but. You know, well, no. Yes, they do. Of course do. not. <laughs> oh, that, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Let me stop myself. Quit playing. Ashley's excited because she has a pretty new light. I do. And it's dead though. God. Damn. <laughs> is it within She's your all, soul? After all that. I know. I need to charge it. I'll I'll do that during our break. Womp womp. <laughs> well, I sure am glad this week is over. I hear that. Oh yeah, Brady. Talk to, us. Talk to us oh, about your Lord. extravaganza. So I did have Thanksgiving off, but for those that are in retail, this is like the busiest mm-hmm. time of year with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. So Cyber Monday, I was at the Amazon warehouse in New Jersey. My call time was two forty-five a.m. I think, Ooh. and we spent the night on Friday on. Uh, Sunday. Oh, I was like, Brayden, you, no, didn't Monday le- morning. you didn't leave our house till about 2.45 no, 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 no. on right. Thursday. Brayden, can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. What the hell are you talking about? Why were you, what, what? Because we have all of the, like, networks. So, like, Today Show, Good Morning America, oh. Fox, like, everybody comes to the warehouse to film. I saw you at three something, like, literally online. I think, what I tell y'all I said, it said 3.29 and Brayden was at the Amazon warehouse. Yeah. I, like, mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, Did you track each other? Adam tracks Brayden. I can see him on Instagram. Oh yeah, don't scare him. You do? No, we're gonna no. fix that. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, you you can't get it out of your skin. You fell out one day, and we like put a tracker in you. Oh great, it's like Wonderful. a tracker jacket. That's what that itch is. Yeah, tracker jacket. Yeah. So and like, that's what Darrell wants to do to me. Yeah, yeah. he wants to be in your skin. Okay. <laughs> Got it. 
So we had all of the crews come at like 4 a.m. to start the mm-hmm. morning shows, blah, blah, blah. So we had to be there to facilitate. And I left at like 3.30, maybe 4, and got home at 12 6. 12 hour shift. 16, Damn honey. Damn it. Mm. 16 with like Are two hours of sleep. Huh? You're counting the commute? Uh-huh. I'm okay. on. I'm still working. Uh, you, away. You, you know, that's a good thing. I really like that. I think that's that nice. jobs should start paying people when they leave their home. Yeah. And, and on the way there, because I'm on my way there for you. Because if right. it wasn't for you, I would be at home in the bed. Right. Uh, which is why I don't understand why they ain't paying my MTA. Yeah. Absolutely. And because I'm not going anywhere else but to work. I think it's because you can deduct it from your taxes well it's pre-tax blah, blah, blah if i yeah. choose to go that route but i'm only in the office maybe two days a week so mm-hmm. why am i going to do that it's not worth whatever so then what do you do with your transit like i pay benefits? it out of pocket right because why don't you only, just get um he doesn't go to the office that much as well. i don't well, know yeah so. you well I, with us you can get like a instead of doing a metro card you can do a transit card correct and then you can just bing and just pay for it like like that now Hmm. Isn't that the I same thing? Like wage work, like read HR shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wage <laughs> work. But that's what he's saying. Like for you, wage works makes sense because you're going in office five days a week. For right. Braden, he's like, because you still have to pay it out of your check. Like when I, that's why I cut mine off as soon as COVID ended. When I was at ten, before I was unemployed, I cut that motherfucker off because I was like, I'm not going anywhere. So I why used would to I do that. Yeah, because our well, our HR manager was just saying because he pays. Like he does it where they just put money on the card. Mm-hmm. So you can just, just like bing, put bing. money on it rather than because like back in the olden days before the pandemic, we had to pick like monthly or whatever. And the monthly was like one thirty or whatever. It was. Right, 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 right. But what like I don't want to do that anymore because I'm not traveling no, as fully. Yeah. Much, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they should at least reimburse. But, but I will tell you this. I did get a free Nespresso maker, Ooh. and then today I got notified that they're going to give me a free Dyson air purifier. That's a fan wow. and a heater, and that sucker's six hundred dollars. So yeah. you know what, like perks. It's got perks. I ordered um, a pressure cooker for mm. the house mm-hmm. on Cyber Monday. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Cyber and Monday, you had done a lot. By the I, time I opened my I eyes, did too. I did was so like, much. Shit. I, when I opened my eyes, I actually said, "Hey." Um, I spent hundreds of dollars. I did too. I, I, That's when you yeah. should do most of your Christmas shopping, yeah. honestly. I got my. I actually ended up getting my mom and them something on Cyber Monday mm-hmm. from Saks. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I need that. That's when That's when you should do it. Your I'm mother this year. At I'm Saks. really proud of yeah. myself because I bought nothing. You didn't get your wow. friends nothing for Christmas? It's because oh. Io likes to shop when it isn't discounted. Damn. Oh. No. <laughs> No, she said I was sales. Just What's a Ashley? sale? No, I was just telling Ashley I couldn't afford to get my whole head done. So I only did half. <laughs> you only did half your head. Yes, girl. The rest. Of okay, you know what? I need old. to. I need to see that in the light. You know what we're gonna do? <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna take a break. Everyone, please go refill. I'm gonna go look at Io's hair, but I'm gonna ask permission, and I'm not gonna touch it because don't put your hands in black women's hair. And while we do that, um, you get your drinks and stuff, and we'll be right back with Brett Cross. <laughs> Hey, Pride fam, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to email us at pridetheseries at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at, at pridethepodcast. Can't wait to hear from you all, and remember to celebrate Pride 365. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, guys. We're very glad to have you back um, 
to join us today for Pride the Podcast. We do have today on air with us activist Brett Cross. Welcome to the podcast, Brett. Hey, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for taking time to be with us and yes. sharing your story. Of course. Yeah. Uh, one thing uh, before we jump into it, we're all, um, all of us except for Io actually are from Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a really mm-hmm. big history with Texas. Um, I'm from like, Brayden and I are like more East Texas, Dallas area, uh, Longview. Um, and Adam is West Texas and actually San Antonio. So we are very, um, very Texas bred on this podcast. So that's why we really want to have you on board to talk to us. Yes. Oh, so y'all got lucky and got to escape is what you're telling me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty much. Absolutely. We did Absolutely. make room for you here in New York. So if you want to come up here, just move on up here and join us. I, I, I might take you up on that. <laughs> for sure. Before we dive in, so we've been talking to our listeners and um, saying that you are an activist. Brett, would you mind saying what sort of activist you are and what led you to become an activist? So... So my son was killed in the Rob Elementary shooting. Um, and so the the biggest thing that I, I'm an activist for is just getting people to remember his name and to, to remember him as who he was, not just a statistic of gun violence, mm-hmm. um, which then leads into me being an activist towards, you know, uh, common sense gun reform. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty much how it it started, you know, um, on May 24th of 2022, uh, a gunman entered my son's school and, and killed 19 kids and two teachers and injured uh, quite a bit more. So, um, at first I wasn't going to like, you know, it's those, those first few weeks are a blur, but you know, I still remember every detail and it's rough and I wasn't going to do or say anything really until it just, it came out that there were just more and more failures and, and stuff that could have helped prevent it, but nobody was talking about it. You know, the, we buried, or we had his funeral on June 13th and that weekend, my wife and I started protesting the chief of the school police. I mean, it was, we really didn't get any much time to, to like, let it sink in completely, you know, because it's still, even to this day, you know, you wake up in the morning and the first thought on your mind is that it was a dream, like, it's not real. And then it, then it hits you that, no, it is real, you know? So, yeah, I, I didn't mean for any of, of this to come. It's just, you know nobody is giving us answers still to this day, you know, and nobody is who else is going to fight for my son aside from us, you know? So that was just the main, the catalyst for it. You know, I, I didn't want this, but you know, my son's not here to speak for himself. So somebody has to, and I read a quote one time and I can't tell you who it was from or verbatim, but you know, it said, a, a person truly dies when the last person who remembers them it, is gone. And so mm-hmm. my wow. thing now is just getting everybody to remember him. You know, even if you didn't meet him, by the time that I'm done talking your ear off, you're going to know him. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So, Brett, with, with your permission and, and what you feel comfortable sharing, can you walk us through that day? Like what happened that day, how you and your wife found out what was going on and then everything that just kind of really encompassed that horrible day? Yeah, so I was, you know, um, 
I'll, I'll even start the day before because that was the last time that I, I saw Uzziah. Um, it was about his bedtime. He was in the kitchen playing on his phone, you know, watching YouTube or whatever. And I walked in there, told him it was time for bed, ruffled his hair, told him I loved him, gave him a hug, and he went upstairs. And that is the last time that, you know, I saw him. Um, you know, the next morning I got up for work at about five, headed to work. Um, and then when it all st started unfolding, I got a call from my wife and um, she's screaming and she says, this isn't a fucking joke. There's a shooter in the boys school. And so she had found out because not from the school, not from the police or anything like that. Somebody had recorded a video of the shooter walking into the school and sent it to the high school where my my daughters were at. So my daughter sent it to my wife. And so my wife was rushing up to the school before anybody was even really informed. And so she was there um, pretty much the whole time on the outside getting pushed back and everything. So when she called me, you know, she, like I said, she was screaming. She said, this isn't a, this ain't a fucking joke. Like there's a shooter at the boys school. And it, you know, it, it took a second. Cause I'm like, this, this isn't real. Like, like what's going on? Like, and I got off the phone and I looked at one of my coworkers and I'm like, my wife says there's a, a shooter at the school. And he goes, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing then? And so I, I ran to my car and I, I jumped in and I started hauling ass. Um, I worked about 30 to 45 minutes away. And so I'm just driving, you know, I, there's cops passing me. You know, I'm I'm going at least a hundred, you know, and they're passing me and I'm like, This this shit's real. Like, what the hell? Yeah. And so I'm about halfway there and my wife calls me and she's like, They're not letting us in, they're not letting us get close. And then I hear gunfire in the background. So if you've seen the um the hallway footage or anything, when you're about midway through and you hear those those four rounds, mm -hmm. I heard that you know, through the phone, but my wife was right there. Um, and so I just, I, I kept driving and I'm pulling into town and my wife calls me and she's like, they're telling us all to go to the civic center. And so I'm like, well, do I, you know, what do I do? Like, do I go there or, or is she, you know, and she's like, they said that, no, you know, they're not going to release any of the kids until everybody leaves. And so I make it to the civic center. I was probably one of the first ones there. Um, and I'm just sitting and waiting and sitting and waiting. My wife pulls up and we're sitting and waiting. And um, they start telling us that, you know, we're going to start dropping off kids by the busload by their teachers. So, you know, if your your child's teacher's name is called, that means their class is on the bus, you know. So a bus pulls up and, you know, they call out a teacher's name. Well, that wasn't my son's teacher and it just kept going like that every time a bus pulled up it was just like it my heart just sank lower so i called my other son um he was the same age was in the same grade but he had stayed home that day um and i i called him and um i, I hate that i i i did this to him because i i called him and i said dude i can't get a hold of your brother can you call his friends you know and he was like, yeah, you know, what's going on? I said, they're saying that there's a school shooter and I can't get a hold of him. And so he was like, yeah, I'll try him. And so he called me about back about five, 10 minutes later and he goes, 
dad, nobody can get a hold of Uzi. Nobody's heard from him. And he goes, but they did say that his teacher was shot. And that moment was the moment that it hit me. Like I felt it. I'm like, and he's not going to make it. Why just shoot a teacher and, and everything and, and nothing else. So we wait and we wait more buses, more buses show up until the buses quit coming. And then they tell us, they're like, y'all need to go inside. So once we're inside, they're like, um, nobody can leave. Well, I have other kids I still have to pick up from school. So at first my wife goes and she checks the, the funeral home where they said that kids ran to. Well, she gets there and, and our son's not there. Then she checked the hospital. Our son's not there. Then went back to the neighborhood because, you know, rumors are just flying everywhere that they saw kids running everywhere, which wasn't accurate, but in the state of panic, nothing. So then she comes back and I'm like, well, I have to go pick up our other kid. So I'm in line and it's about my wife's at the civic center. I'm in line at my other kid's school for about two hours trying to pick them up. And uh, the first thing that, that they asked was, is Uzi home yet? And uh, I, I didn't know what to say. So, I, I mean, I just, I told him, I said, I picked you up first. And I took him to the house and, and dropped him off and went back to the civic center. And then we hear, you know, people are on Facebook trying to find stuff out and everything. And then, you know, Greg Abbott comes on, on a live or, or something like that. And, you know, he says, you know, there's been 14 uh, children murdered at this point. And you look around in this in the civic center and you, you're seeing about 13 other families all in their own little circles and everything. And it's just like, it's, it still can't be real. And so finally, we have a detective come up to us and he goes, you know, will you come with us? So they take us to another room and uh, my wife sits down and I'm, I'm standing up and he goes, I'm sorry, but he was one of the victims. And at that moment, like, I, I was still in disbelief. My wife let out a yell that you only know if you've ever heard a mother lose her child. Um, and the first thing I looked at the detectives and I just told him, I said, where is that son of a bitch? Because I'm going to fucking kill him. And, uh, you know, they said, oh, well, he, he's dead and everything. So what do we do now? You know, they just said that. And then what what are we supposed to do? Like this is you just give us this information and, and just go on your merry way, I guess. Right. So I went and picked up the car. I drove around the back because I didn't want the, you know, the media presence was was crazy. Um, I drove around the back and I got my wife and we went home. And um, then I had to tell my kids. Um, and that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do was tell my kids that their brother was not coming home. And, uh, a couple of my kids dropped to the floor. One ran, ran out the back door, you know, we're all just trying to take care of each other. And it's just, it's a sense of disbelief that, that you still, still to this day, it's, it's like, it can't be, it can't be real. And, and then uh, that night, um, we're watching 
we're, we're laying in bed watching TV and my son who shared a room with him, the one that was home, he was like, I can't, I can't sleep in my room. So we had a cot and we put it next to our bed and um, we're flipping through stuff. And then the news comes on and we're going to change it. And my son was like, no, stop, wait. And so as every other kid passed through, he was like, oh, not them. I knew them. I knew them. I knew them. You know, he he not only lost his brother, but friends that day as well. And uh, yeah, that was that was the that was the the smooth day, I guess you could say, because the next day was just a, a whirlwind of reporters yeah. um, just coming by, um, sneaking through our alley, trying to get pictures and everything like i'm i'm a smoker so as soon as i saw all the news out front i went outside to while back to smoke a cigarette and i see somebody at a damn near in my backyard trying to take pictures um people would park down the street and everything i had to run the same lady off three times in one day um it was just a, a whirlwind after that damn that's so crazy first off oops I'm so sorry. So yeah, sorry your loss. loss. That is rough. That is, yeah. um, you know, a parent, I think, ever wants to deal with losing their child, you know, first. Um, so, you know, thank you again for coming on and sharing your story. I know yeah. it's, I, I feel like, you know, at first it's probably hard and then it gets a little easier and then you, but. Yeah, it just, yeah. I mean, to, to, I you know when you described how your wife screamed out I got goosebumps because that is what happens parents you know when they lose their child and they like to to have some monster take away you know your child and I can't imagine what your son um who was in the same grade with him you know is going through and that how has that process been with him like does he because he stayed home that day as you said has yeah. there been any feeling from him you know sometimes people get that survivor's guilt has there been any issues yeah. with that for you guys to deal with oh yeah absolutely i mean and not just him with with all of my kids so i have um i have six other kids so ranging from at the time they were eight through 16 you know oh, wow. um and so you know it, it, it's they they all have survivor's guilt and you know you'll especially in the beginning like the, the the wildest thing was you know you have six kids my house was fucking loud you know it was yeah. never quiet and for about the first six months after that it was just completely silent there was no no nothing and, and like our neighbors were even like you know, it, it's crazy because, you know, the kids would be outside and running and playing and yelling and everything. And then it, it just stopped, you know, um, and they, they they have a lot of guilt for for stuff that, you know, it, it is, you know, I don't know how to say this. Um, I don't want to say childish or anything because it's real to them. But it's like, you know, they'll be talking about it and they're like, I, I really hate when I I said he was silly or something like that. Like mm -hmm. it's those moments that really mm -hmm. stick in their, in their heads. And, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, my, you know, my son that was in the same grade who shared the room, he slept in my room for probably the first six months on a, on a cot. 
you know, because he couldn't bear to be in his room. And, um, you know, it sucked because then we had to go up there and he didn't, he didn't want to leave his room because that was the last place he spent with his brother. But at the same time, he couldn't look over in the corner where the other bed was diagonal from him and see an empty bed. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, pretty early on, we had to, we had to move that and kind of move some of his, you know, Uzziah's stuff around. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, it was rough. Yeah. How has the healing process been thus far? Like, have you guys gone to like counseling or therapy as like a family or, um, I mean, I can't imagine, I'm sure like, you know, there's no necessarily getting over it, but how has that healing process been? Um, it's weird because on one hand, you know, you, you never heal. Right. from it you know you just you try to find different ways to just make it through the day make it through the hour make it through the second that's you know but yeah we're we're in therapy um and you know originally like when i was younger i was i was against therapy you know like i don't need somebody telling me how i feel or what i think or anything mm-hmm. but you know it's probably been one of the things that has you know saved me is the therapy so you know and we're we're a pretty open family like you know my kids know that if you need to talk we talk you know we i was raised in this in this generation in this time where you know men didn't get to have feelings and Mm -hmm. you know you just shut up you don't cry and everything and you know that that's a hard thing to break but you know with our kids i've we've told them like nah we don't we don't play that that silly shit you know yeah you know, but then, yeah, it's funny because my son called me out for the same thing. You know, we're, we're talking one day and I'm like, dude, it's okay. It's okay to cry, like get it over with or not over with, but you know, get it out out and get it up. And, um, so he, you know, he broke down, uh, you know, one good time and he's asking these questions. He's like, why the fuck is somebody able to to buy a gun like that when they're 18 and and why, like, if I would have been there, I could have you know, done something. And I'm like, but you couldn't have dude. you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, he got it, he got it up and he got it off his chest and everything. And then he looked at me and he just goes, your turn. Mm. And so and do I become a hypocrite right there? Because I'm dad, I'm the rock, right? Like I have mm. to, I have to be strong for my kids, but at the same time I'm telling them, like, no, dude, express your emotions because bottling it up will eat you alive. So I had to choose in that moment, like, I'm not going to be a hypocrite, you know? So I, for the first time ever, cried in front of my my son. And um, that that was a hard pill to swallow, too. Like I said, you know, you're raising this time where you have to be, you know, you can't show emotions, but you're trying to break that. So, mm-hmm. I mean... Well, maybe showing the emotions is showing what a real rock is. To your real is yeah. um, I have a question. What has the government done since that terrible day to express their sorrows? Have they taken any responsibility from the local, from the state, from the federal level? Have you felt any sort of remorse? I mean, America has a terrible history of irresponsible gun violence. So I'm curious if your family has felt any sort of accountability from the government at all. Oh, absolutely not. 
No, I mean, we have some uh, politicians that, you know, work with us and try to help us get what we're trying to do across. But for the majority, uh, Greg Abbott said it could have been worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the the DPS, you know, I've gotten into battles with Steve McCraw, the head of the DPS, who said, you know, he would quit if uh, DPS was found, found culpable of failure um, and then has admitted that they have failed, but then won't resign and then turns around and gets a pay raise. Mm -hmm. You know, um, no. the cops, I think. No city cop has been fired. Um, the one that they were going to fire, um, they told him in advance so he could quit. So he didn't get fired. Um, we had the school police uh, force. We got closed down, but that was only after, uh, you know, I did a 10 day sit out outside of the um, outside of the administration building. It took that and then, you know, some great reporting from Shimon to to uncover a bunch of stuff. So no, they don't do anything unless, you know, we force it. Why do you think that is? Uh, because money, uh, we don't make them money. Um, yeah, I think yeah. that the government only, only cares about money. Um, the NRA backs a bunch of people and they're making millions off of them. And then the gun industry itself, because every time there's a mass shooting gun, uh, gun sales source through the roof. So, That's so it, it's all about that money. Happens. That's sick. Yeah, it's really America sick. is obsessed oh, yeah. with spectacle. Mm. So yeah. it's like they see it, and then I don't know. I try to profit. Pro off of it. Yeah, and it's just. Do you, do you oh, also? And they have. They mm. they've profited. Our town has profited. Our city, our state has profited off of our kids' death, and. Um, uh, just another reason why I don't think that they cared is because it was, you know, there was 19 kids, two teachers. Yeah. There were 17 brown kids I was and two say. brown teachers. And that's why I don't think that they cared as much or, you know, mm -hmm. well, that's, that's why it could have been worse. And that's what I was going to bring up, Brett. Honestly, like a lot of the shootings that have taken place has been against black and brown kids or uh, black and brown people in general, uh, the LGBTQ community, um, the black church. And so, like, that's where we've been seeing a lot of shootings. And I feel like because they don't see their people, they say, Oh, well, you know, it happens thoughts and prayers. And I just think mm -hmm. it's so, because it, it almost feels like to me personally, that they're trying to take us all off the map. And that, that is a hard pill to swallow. But then when you hear the kind of thoughtlessness that they kind of push off, then you realize like, well, shit, is that, is that what's, what's happening? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and it's, it's down so much, like it, it isn't even just the, this, the state or the, or the country too. We, we, that happens within our own community too. Exactly. We can't, we can't get people to come and protest with us or, or sit out with us. Like I, we, I have more support from outside of Uvalde than I do inside there was more people that showed up for the superintendent saying that he was going to resign than there were that were there were more of them than the people that were trying to fight with us yeah wow you know they they pretty much lined the streets for this man to retire who you know everybody was like oh he's a great man and everything i i didn't know him before all i knew was everything he did after may 24th and he screwed the pooch you know yeah. so i don't care if anybody's a great human being if if you're showing me that you don't care right because 
you don't care, then I have nothing for you. And more people showed up to that school board meeting when he said he was going to retire and then didn't even come in. They waited outside, let him have a hero's welcome and then left. Wow. Hmm. I don't understand. Hmm. Like, I want to ask you why you think that is, but I don't even know if you have an answer. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. It's money. It, it, it honestly, it's money. So you have, you have the old white money that runs this town. Yeah. And then you have the people underneath that are afraid to either speak out, mm-hmm. you know, for repercussions or the people that, you know, try to just align themselves with that old money and and try to get a leg up and you know most of it's fear especially down here in south texas you know i mean we have abbott going after every brown person period you know they just passed a law that said any officer can stop and detain somebody that's hispanic so my 16 year old hispanic daughter that doesn't have a license yet you know if she gets stopped she can be detained Yep. For no other reason aside from being being brown. Being brown and looking suspicious. That's why my dad always said, you know, ne- you don't ever go anywhere without some sort of identification. Yeah, there's certain of areas of Texas I'm told not to even drive through. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That we can't. And we can't. and it's, it's so heartbreaking. Uh, Brett, I did have one other question. So the day that everything happened, was there... A situation and we had seen something on the news kind of about this that they were trying to deport people who may not have you know been legal was that actually happening like what was the story around that i'm not sure um i i haven't heard that okay um but i've been immersed in everything so for me to recall everything is down there impossible what i do know though is that they were tackling parents um they were putting parents in handcuffs um my wife was pushed you know um so i mean they nothing was done right in that situation but it would not surprise me in the least if that happened yeah yeah like I feel like that would they would take this opportunity and be like, well, let's bring in ICE and let's take care of this problem while we're at it. Because we, you and, know, yeah. because you, you know, know, other places in the world, you hear so many different things, especially when it comes in regards to Texas. And you know, I know living there, like sometimes when things happen here in New York, uh, my mom is like, oh, uh, this is what's happening. I was like, that's actually, I don't know what they're telling you, but that's actually not what's <laughs> happening. And I, I realized the first time I was home last year for Christmas and we were watching the news and what they were saying was not true. I was like, that's not what's actually happening in New York. I don't know why they're reporting that. And I was very shocked by that to actually sit there and watch them say, this people are going through Times Square and knocking out windows. It's like that. I called friends who were still here. They're like, no, they're not. Well, who's saying that? And that's just really wild how information like that gets reported. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's like you know that what was said earlier. It's it's the 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 country lives off of spectacle. Yep. You know, yeah. and you know after Uvalde, yeah, Uvalde is is one of the most known ones because of all the failures that happened, all the police issues and whatnot. But even we saw it, you know, a few months after, it's like hardly being talked about, you know. I mean, you have the people that come and support us and everything, but like now you turn on the news and like I, you know, because it's my son, I'm like, we should still be talking about this every fucking day. We should be talking about this. And it's not unless something happens, unless another school shooting happens and then they call us Mm -hmm. or, or, 
a bill isn't passed that we were pushing for, that's when they call us. So, you know, for the most part, it's, it, it feels like the world doesn't care anymore. And I know that individual people do, you know, groups of people still care. Yeah. Um, but you know, when the media quits covering it because it's not the spectacle anymore, yeah. then it's that like other shootings why do you care? So people are like, Oh, we're it, on to the next we, we move from one tragedy to the next so fast that people can't literally catch their breath. And I think that that's part of the problem. We've become yeah. Insane. We we become so desensitized yeah. to to the the gun violence epidemic. Yeah. yeah, Brett, you mentioned at the top of this conversation that we, being from Texas, escaped quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, what? Why haven't you escaped? Like, what's keeping you in Uvalde if it's so corrupt in the state of Texas? Because somebody has to fight, mm. you know, Amen. Um, Amen. I, you know, there are times I, I won't lie. There are times where I'm sitting here and I'm like, we can just leave. Mm-hmm. We can move, go to a state that, you know, isn't as fucked up as Texas is like, I have, I have daughters and women's rights and healthcare here is just totally fucked. So I oh worry God, about yeah. that, Awful. you know, you know, and you know, like being LGBTQ here is fucking crazy because, yeah. you know, they're they're trying to ban everything and, and get you in trouble and, and shit, you know. So, you know, that worries me. But if everybody who is worried leaves and, and gets away and everything like that, then there's no one left to fight. Yeah, so right. yeah. we have to fight. Because not everyone, you yeah. know, has the means um to leave and not everyone has that and you know why you, why, why, why you probably could there are definitely people like especially in my hometown of oakwood texas that are like we have to stay here they don't have the means to leave yeah. at all and you know i i can definitely imagine that i i think you had a question sorry oh no it's it's okay i i just wanted to um pivot slightly and i just wanted to ask it's gonna sound like so out of left field but i've just been thinking about it um what's your favorite uriah story so, um, man, there, there's so, so many, um, and probably one of my, my favorite stories with Uzi was, um, it's not even a story really. It's just, you know, watching him become the person that he was supposed to be. Um, so biologically he wasn't ours. He was my wife's sister's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when, when we take you in, we take you in your ours, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we got him, he had, um, eczema really bad and a stutter, um, uh, all due from stress. So watching the, watching the eczema go away, watching the stutter go away, you know, and him becoming the, the person that he was going to be was truly one of the best gifts I've ever seen, you know, where he was stressed before, you know, and didn't get to speak, which was why he stuttered. You know, we would say, Hey dude, chill out, calm down. You, you know, talk, you know, let us hear it. And so that was, that was one of the best things. And then, um, uh, you know, another favorite is, you know, we were asking him, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, uh, you know, like every other 10 year old, he wanted to be a YouTuber. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. 
And so, you know, we, we'd tell them, we're like, that's cool. And on, we'll help. We'll get you whatever you need to, to start that and everything. But, you know, realistically, not everybody makes it being a YouTuber. So we need something to fall back on just in case. And he, uh, he said, then I want to be a cop so I can help people the way you help me. Aww. And so that's another reason why we do what we do is yeah. because through him, through his name, he will, by the end of all of this, he will have helped more people than he could have had he been a cop. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's really Very beautiful. That. beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Where do you find the strength, Brett, to see the positive? Because I just don't know if I could see it. I, I don't see positive. I, I don't. Um, I have other kids. Um, so I have to, I have to get up every day for them. I have to, I have to live for them. Um, because, because if I didn't have them, then I wouldn't be here right now. Um, that this is a pain that you can't describe and, and I, it would be foolish for me to even try to, but you know, I, I do shit for them. Um, and also fighting for him, you know, like I said earlier, he's not going to be a statistic. You're going to hear Uvalde. You're going to think of Uzziah, you know? And so with that, that just gives me, you know, a fire, uh, you know, under me to just keep, keep going and keep pushing to, to make sure that he's remembered because, you know, I'm not hopeful. I'm not optimistic. I don't, you know, we, we fight so much. We get told no all the time. You know, we get, we get kicked out of the Capitol and, and everything like that. So it's just, okay, well, I get kicked out of the Capitol. Then you're going to hear about Uzziah, you know? Yeah. So everything I do, I just try to make it, you know, about him. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing since that terrible day? What have you been doing? Obviously there's been more mass shootings in 2023 than there has been days mm -hmm. in the year, which is, crazy to even think about so what type of things are you and your family doing in order to get people on the right page yeah so you know um we did a lot of uh, of stuff last year um, we're still doing stuff this year it's just you know that that first year was so hectic and wild and crazy mm -hmm. and you know, it, it slows down. Like, you know, people quit caring. You're, you're stopped, asked to come places and, and to spread your story. So, you know, last year we did, you know, that 10 day sit out outside of the um, mm -hmm. administration building. I didn't leave, you know, um, for 245 hours I was there. Um, you know, we, we go to DC every few months to try to, you know, talk to these people to show them you know i have um i have a tattoo on my back of where he was shot um in his back there's a bullet hole in my back um and you know i got that to show these politicians like look this is what it looks like on a 220 pound man imagine that bullet hole on a 10 year old boy that didn't even weigh 60 pounds soaking wet you know um, so it's just, it's a constant this past year. We, um, up until June, we stayed mostly here in Texas. We were trying to get them to pass, uh, house bill 2744, which okay. was to raise the minimum age up to 21. Mm -hmm. 
And honestly, I didn't think that it was going to pass. Um, but what it did do, though, is we got it out of committee after, I mean, we had thousands of people calling, blowing up the phones, telling these representatives, we finally got it out of committee. Um, and then they let it die. Um, they would not put it on calendars. So, but at that moment, I didn't actually, I, you know, it wasn't a win, but it wasn't a, a loss either because at that moment we showed that they didn't want to do that. They waited to the last minute to even bring it to committee. So that's the power of the people. Right. When we get together and we focus on a common goal, we can, we can push, you know, and make changes happen because we tend to forget that we don't work for the government. The government worked for us. I know that's right. And they forget it. We forget it. So, yeah. So let's, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, that, that I I hope showed a lot of people that together, Hey, we can get shit done. It didn't, it didn't get, you know, brought up onto the main floor. It didn't get passed or anything, but we did what hasn't been done ever in Texas. And that was get a, a gun reform bill as far that far. That is remarkable. And I can't believe that they, won't pass it because you got to be 21 to drink so why yeah. can't 21 you be 21 now to buy cigarettes and 21 now to buy cigarettes so it's like you have to be 21 to buy a handgun in texas <sighs> it's the, the but way you can buy an assault rifle at 18 that makes, that makes, no, that makes no, sense. no sense whatsoever so you had mentioned um you know how this is just an uphill battle just continuously fighting and you know with the LGBT community and it's in, especially in Texas and how it's a constant battle battle. Like how have, how has that like correlated with your story? Like in terms of like, has anybody from an LGBT group in Texas reached out? Have they, you know? So, so not in Texas, but mm-hmm. um, I do have a, a great friend Um uh, she's a drag performer named Bridget Bandit who testified for the drag bills here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she wore our kids names on her skirt mm-hmm. and then wow. got kicked out yeah. the day after I got kicked out. So we went out in the same fashion. Um, so we, we become pretty close. We're, you know, planning on, on doing something together. Um, but, you know, I've met with the, the owner and a couple of the people of club Q I've, you know, met and spoke with them a few times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's that we all want the same thing. We want our children to live. We want, yeah, we want people to, to let live, you know, so it's not that much of a, of a different fight when you break it down and show that it's like, you know, if I'm fighting solely for my kids not to get shot, you know, and the LGBTQ is fighting for to just live and to not be killed and and everything. It's it's the same fight under different names. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's why, you know, it's it's easy for us to come together and and to fight as one. And I think that's a main problem with a lot of organizations and people fighting is everybody is a singular name or a singular entity and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Well the NRA isn't you know, the right. NRA is is them but we're all split up so we have to come together and we have to fight together 
That's an amazing Absolutely. message and way to yeah. put that. Like the NRA, that's why they continue winning in these situations because they mm. stay united mm-hmm. and they stay. We talk about yeah. this all the time with the GOP, um, you know, versus Democrat. Like they, they all unite even under someone as terrible mm. as you know who. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. yeah. Good God, he's the worst. But <laughs> I, it, it's just it's very very difficult. And you know, I want to give props to you as much as I can. Like you have been the rock. Like you said, I can see it even talking to you today and. Yeah. Your kids should be really, really proud to have you as a father. Would you ever run for office, yeah. Brett? And and <laughs> what if Greg Abbott was in your face right now? What would you tell him? Those are Ooh, those are two questions. Those are those two are... separate questions. Answer how you will. Yes. <laughs> okay, that second question is a little tricky. Um, now, the, the first one, um, I get asked that a lot, and there's you know there's part of me that's like you know what i should you know mm-hmm. um and then there's another part of me that is like i say fuck way too much <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't i think and that's great sometimes people need to hear it. it yeah but if i'm up there and i'm sitting next to fucking santos or matt gage or something, i'd be like santos. listen here you dumb son bitch <laughs> like, yeah. well at least you're not I using could, campaign funds to buy makeup from sephora so <laughs> That is very true. Hey, you know, and yeah, like it, it's just I, I, I also don't have a, a filter um, that mm. you you kind of need now. Maybe in a few years, okay. um, maybe. But as of right now, um, I'm still getting kicked out of capitals and shit like that. Yeah, they don't. Ain't nobody want me around that, you know. So because they know that you will make change. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's that's the thing is people, you know, to to pull back on to you know when when this uh, tragedy first happened is, I I wanted to be heard when we started talking, um, so I did everything the right way. You know, I wore just a ball cap. I had my work jeans, my work boots and everything. And, you know, I played the game. I, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. Everybody was polite and everything. It didn't, it it didn't get me anywhere, Mm -hmm. you know? And then when I start showing up, when I just said, when I just said, fuck it, you know, because um, Manuel Oliver, who is uh, the dad of Joaquin Oliver, who mm-hmm. was killed in Parkland, um, we were talking one day and he was just like, dude, be yourself. Like nobody else can be you but you, yeah. you know, so be yourself. So at that moment, it's, you know, that's when, you know, my nails are painted rings. I love and it. Nails. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my hair, I have really long hair, you know, so um, when I started doing that and you know, wouldn't take no for an answer. And when I would say, no, fuck you, answer me. That's when people started to listen and everything. So, you know, I, I'm always just going to be myself. Um, Being myself sometimes gets me in trouble, but you know, (laughs) it is what it is. Absolutely. And what about and, Greg Abbott? Yeah, yeah Greg said, let's get back to that. I knew you weren't going to let that go. <laughs> Dude, I didn't, I didn't talk long enough to forget that one. No. <laughs> uh, I knew you weren't going to let that go. Um, the only thing I want to do to Greg Abbott is close the door when he loses an election. I want to go to the, the governor's mansion and close the door on his ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That would be satisfying. That, that would so feel really good. And forget about him and we can stop talking about him. And then yeah. we don't want from those people. Yeah. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, um, 
when the next person who runs for governor comes and and talks to me and everything i'm gonna make the same thing like dude i i got you uh, but you just have to let me close that door on his ass. I need to shut it. I have to shut it. Yeah. I don't even care if he leaves three days before you move in. I go in and I close the door on his and ass. And lock it. Yeah. yeah. And change yeah. the locks. You had to change the locks. Yeah, exactly. So, so think, you told us what yeah. you have done. What are some things that we could be Good doing? Good question. Yes. Mm. Um, so, you know, there is, um, we, we just have to, we have to talk, we have yeah. to not be afraid to have these conversations mm-hmm. that, you know, everybody tells you all the time, oh, don't talk politics at work or at Thanksgiving dinner, or don't talk religion or whatever. No, we have to talk have about to. these things because mm-hmm. keeping it quiet has put us in this position, yeah, you right. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we, we have to talk, we have to we have to remember those that have died in these war zones that are our public schools and we, and our churches and our, you know, malls and our shopping centers and, and everything like that. We have to bring them, uh, we have to lift them up still, but we also have to, you know, call out the BS. And I think a lot of people are, you know, the thing with politics is I'm not a political person at all. Like I never gave two shits about politics. I worked, I came home to my kids. Like that was it. Mm-hmm, like yeah. if it didn't affect me directly, I didn't even care about it. And even if it did, Oh shit, gas prices are gone up. Well, that sucks. What can I do about it? Mm-hmm. And then getting thrust into this position, it, it makes you realize that one politics is just a shady game, man. Yeah. And number mm-hmm. two, you know, you see these people on our TVs and you you have this governor or this senator or this rep coming out and talking and they seem like they're these bigger than life people and everything. Mm-hmm. And then you meet them and you're talking to them, um, especially when you don't have any shits left to give. Wow. Um, you realize that they're just normal people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they put their pants on the same way I do. Mm-hmm. You know, they there's nothing special about them. And they show that to you with their actions too. Mm-hmm. And we just have to realize that no voting does work. We have to get our people to come together and actually vote because I was one of those people. I voted one time when I was 18 for Obama. That was the only thing I ever voted for. And then never again, because, Oh, my vote don't count and everything. Mm-hmm. But we saw what happened when we, you know, brought it to the Texas state Capitol mm-hmm. and we got a bill pushed forward. Yeah. So your voice does count and it does matter. And, you know, you don't have to have a million followers or, a, you know, a million people to talk to or anything. Just talk, talk to your neighbors, talk to, to everybody and, and show them what's going on because a lot of the system is set up for us to be ignorant to these things, Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. You're, you remember government class? I mean, that was a sham, right? Like, yeah. they don't, you know, yeah, we learned the three branches, and that's pretty much it, or that's all I remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> Especially but, if your government um, teacher was a coach, then they were watching football and stuff in the back. And no, you definitely <laughs> was from Texas. You was definitely <laughs> Yo, <laughs> and literally, and I would be like, "We not gonna learn today." We're like, "No, nah, we are gonna watch some plays over here on the computer." And everybody, the boys would gather around, and I would be sitting with the girls, like, "All right, well, I guess let's gossip this period." <laughs> and that's what we did. Free period. <laughs> yeah, it was free period to me. Exactly. Exactly, you know. So you know, the, we're, we're it's designed to keep us ignorant. And while when we stay ignorant, the rich get richer and the poor mm-hmm. stay poorer, yeah. and nobody gets to elevate themselves. So we have to take down that dynamic. We teach people about the yeah. politics. Teach people what it means to, you know, you know what happens like with bills. I didn't know anything about that, you know, Oh, it has to go to a committee first and then it has to get voted and then it has to go to calendars and then and you have to, to write it. Writing gets really hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting the energy to write it up. Ooh, Jesus. Exactly. You know, and, and it's all that stuff that they don't, that nobody talks about because yeah. if yeah. they keep you ignorant, then they stay on top. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's literally the main thing, you know, and then, you know, follow if you don't know. And I still to this day, I, I start following people that do know, mm-hmm. you know, like Newtown Action Alliance is a great, great, you know, org that mm-hmm. helps you learn and, and know it. You know, same with Manny um, Oliver's group, Change the Ref, like they, they bring that information to you and, and, and tell you like, hey, OK, well, this is what's happening. Here's this number. Let's call this number and and tell them what we want you know yeah for sure for sure well before we let you go uh we ask all of our um guests one question what does pride mean to you to me it just means love man it just just love you know i've never <laughs> it's so funny because you know you you see these these you know these cis males or whatever and it's it's all it's all hate and, and negativity and everything i have never had any negativity thrown towards me from anybody in the lgbtq community i've only received love and that's how we should live period it shouldn't matter you know who you know what parts anybody has because fuck it like why does it matter Mm -hmm. but if you come with that love that pride has that's what that's what will make the world better Mm -hmm. it's just the love Amen. Amen. And that's what the world needs more nowadays. Yeah. And you know what? You said that you're not positive, but I think you really are. Like, I think that (laughs) you are, you're very strong and you are exuding like love, love. Yeah. You're exuding love and pride. And even though it's, it seems like it's not conscious to you, it's there. Cause you there know, are many and we people. Feel it, uh, we feel it through the phone. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> there are many people. I, that I appreciate the other that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. And, and that's probably just, you know, I want my kids to, to, to grow up and, and just be good people, Yeah, you know, and that's it, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all you can ask that's for. That's all you yeah. can do. Everyone I can, would love to have yeah. a president cross. That's a, that, just, that just sounds President good. President Cross does sound good. President Cross. I'm not old enough yet. Well, you go, by the time I, you I, get to be on the ballot, you will. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll get there. And and listen, whenever you announce when you're running for government, whatever, you have to come back here and do yeah. an announcement with us. We yeah. would love to have that. Oh, an exclusive. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Like I said, I'm st- I'm two years away from being able to run for president. We can play in in two know. years. Yeah, two we, years yeah. is a good two, two years is good. It's good. And listen, whenever you, if you ever get a chance to come here to New York, we would love to show you around. We, yeah. we we're, we're all about a good brunch, so you know we'll we'll get you that. So come on. Oh uh, yeah. Y- y'all gotta get me on the show though too. Like, come on now. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. We would love that. We would love that. So, Brent, thank you so much for coming and talking with us. Please, literally, come back anytime. So great connecting with yes. you. Um, if there's anything you want people to be able to follow, I know you're very active on Twitter slash X, whatever they're calling it nowadays. Please let our <laughs> listeners know where they can find you on social media to maybe communicate and talk with you more. So my Twitter, and I hope I don't get this wrong because I don't pay attention to my name on there, but I believe it is bcross052422, which would be That's my first initial, my last name, and then the date of the shooting. Mm. Um, I believe Instagram is almost the same, yeah. so I, I don't know. Um, just, you know. <laughs> just Google, Google you. Google yeah. yes. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. And then um, – my my TikTok, I believe, is cross three three three. So perfect. Well, thank you again so much thank for you. coming on. And no, actually, said your strength is so amazing, and we look forward to staying in touch and speaking yes. more soon. Yeah. Thank you for sharing yeah, your story about Isaiah and all the positive things that he lived in his life. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yes. You're welcome. We'll talk to you soon, Brett. Thank you, Brett. All right. Sounds good. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And we're back. And we're back. This country needs a cross. Amen. You're still still on that? You're going to be his campaign manager? I will be a consultant on his campaign. (laughs) I would vote for President Cross. Okay. I would. I'll do a write-in. I don't care. I'll say that I need to hear some more things. I heard a lot of good things. Mm. A lot of good things. For sure, for sure, for sure. We could message train him. No okay. Problem. All right. Oh, sure. We yeah. got two years. He said we've got two years. And to you prep work him. in the field. I know. So I could help him for sure. Easily get on the View, Good Morning America, the Today Show. You know, yeah, I got you all, could, the, all your hookups. I got all the hookups on the national. Do it, Braden. On well, the so, national network. So that means that Pride the Podcast will shortly be on those. No, 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 no. No, I honestly, I need to get. I need to get on. We're not properly messaged. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready because. Because shit, Whoopi ain't either. Because she said the other day, she said, so I've been instructed that I have to pay more attention to these subjects that I don't care about. So apparently, (laughs) and she she talked about like people dating, like reality show stuff. She's like, so woo. And every time they talk, she's like, oh. Yeah, she is is doing the whoop most. No, she's like, oh. So wait, and we'll be right back. Were your feelings hurt when she talked about millennials? I actually talked about this, and I do think I, they were not hurt, but I do think that there is an older generation of people when they say certain things like, y'all need to just get a job and stop being so lazy. Listen, we've all been told probably once or twice by our parents, is, y'all just laying around, y'all not doing nothing, y'all. It is that kind of mentality. I the, think it, she, sorry to interrupt, no, go ahead. but I think she is, she meant, I don't know what she meant to say, but I think she was referring to the Gen Z 
not necessarily millennials. millennials. Yes, right. I think so too. I <laughs> but think I, but you know what? The houses are just going to be just as expensive for Gen Z as they are for millennials. Right. Well, if the, not more. Well, the if thing not more. Well, the mm. thing is, nowadays you can become a millionaire off of TikTok and off of those things. Like there are a lot of people yes, who but are getting that, a millionaire is sometimes not enough to buy a house. No, it, no, it's yeah. not. Which no, it's is not. Crazy, no, right? So <laughs> why is buying a house a goal, Brayden? <laughs> Brayden, Todd, Michelle, the- Bradley. My, Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. Michelle. Like Obama. Tanner. Yeah, oh, Obama. Obama. Oh, yeah, all of them. <laughs> Listen, Brayden is right. Why do we continue to put what? these metrics and saying, right. if you don't have a house and you don't have a significant well, other, you ain't shit. It's the American dream and it is how. It's, it's like the American, American dream and American. I understand that. It is the quote American dream and In the it 50s. is how mm-hmm. credit is structured. That's not yeah. true. I've had great credit. I'm sure you have great credit, but like all. I agree. With, I hear what no, you're it's, saying. No, it's I, very I true. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend of mine who was talking about um, buying a house, and he was told they were like, "Yeah, but you don't have a car." And he was like, "What?" He was like, "But I have good credit. I have this and like that." Yeah, so but there's you like, need something. has to get a car first before he can even yes. talk about getting a, a house. They basically yeah. want you to be beholden. Yeah, something mm-hmm. right. Before you can be like deeper beholden in something else. What about health insurance? Also, I feel like health insurance is harder. To I mean, get let's than a start with that. Oh, I saw. A TikTok today, this guy wrote a book and uh, it's called like Dying to be White or something like that. I'm gonna find it. (laughs) And it is about he went around and collected statistics, but also like met with people in white poor people in these states that like have these conservative laws. And he's like, their lives are not only emotionally worse, but they are dying because of these laws that they put into place Mm -hmm. and they're voting Mm -hmm. for thinking that they're like have their say. I am fine. I'm going to find having, it and send it to you. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with renting and having my landlord deal with asbestos or <laughs> a leak. A leak. A leak. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like, they don't deal with I, that. I'm but, dealing with yeah. that. I don't. I can't afford that. that I don't even yeah. want to have that on my radar. I'm fine with renting. Speaking and, of, yeah, one of my coworkers, I work in an architecture firm and so they were like, oh, hey, I, I got a quote from you know this vendor for you to replace your window. It's going to be about a $20,000 job. No, no, <laughs> a what? No. Okay, $20,000 who? because... Whose window? Um, he's Someone a, who owns a house. He's a senior project manager. I think he may own his apartment. Right. I just feel like this window that is behind you, Adam, is mm. not does not cost twenty thousand. No, that's but the not the type of window. It's it's, 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 the, it's the labor. It's you. Ha- he has to get permits. He has to get scaffolding. It's gold permits. It's, he yeah, starts he, getting paid when to, he leaves home for work, like we should. Like I said earlier. <laughs> so he, yeah, he's. I yeah. think it's anyway, because it's I live in a condo way. building, and if something happened to my window, it is the condo's responsibility. That's what I'm saying. Right. Not mine. That's right. But mm. I I own my condo. What well, yeah. you're a special. Not everyone is a princess. Works. But it also took me ten years because living in this apartment, we've been here for. It took ten years. Remember that window in for my room window, yeah. that mm-hmm. was that had all these cracks, and I would com- complain and complain. They were like, "Chaboo!" And then finally, they I talked to one of the supervisors. So you're like, saying Please there's a- upsides and downsides to both. Yeah, there is. for sure. And listen, I'm don't wanna, I'm, I, I don't want to. I don't want to like. I don't want to like break down is? on people that obviously you know we know people in the South that they own homes and things like that, and that makes them feel secure. But I do think that we have to stop saying that if you don't own a home and you yeah, don't have agreed. a significant other, it makes then you less li- American. It makes you less American yeah. or less of that's a human wild. being. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. A lot of it's like feel that way, and that's to me is crazy. Well, and people we're put, conditioned to. Yeah, and people put such mm-hmm. a thing on. We I was talking the other day about Yvonne Orgia. 
about like people are like, well, if you ain't have sex, you ain't shit. And like, yeah, you know, listen, she's forty, and and she may have she's not. She's not. She's thirty eight. Well, she's almost forty. But what I think she should do is take these next two years to write out forty year old version and tell it from a black female perspective, mm-hmm. and then do that. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I think she should that. do in these next two that. years. And we'll somebody be- call Judd. Call who? Apatow. Stop. Well, he's problematic. But you know what? That's another episode. Who for is another it? Day. Um, right. <laughs> Name me a producer, a, a filmmaker em. who ain't. Name him. Name him. Name him. Shut quit, up and let me talk. Y'all quit making fun of white people. Drunk white, white people? Uh, <laughs> I said, no. no. Drunk white people? Quit making fun of me too. Oh shit! Not <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, what were you gonna say? No. I don't remember now. I apologize, Adam. That's all right. That's what happens when you get a song back in the room. Name <laughs> Would you stop talking like that? Um, but listen, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Brett, thank you again so much for coming on and thank talking you. to us and talking about Uzi's memory. Like, it was so wonderful to talk about the good things and the positive things about him. Mm-hmm. And so, everyone, please make sure you go follow Brett. He did list all of his social media, so please go follow him there. And, Adam, you're waving me down. What did you have to well, say? Well, no, now I remember. So, it was... Uh, you know how we were talking about how we were conditioned yeah. to feel this way. It's mm-hmm. just like Brett brought up, you know, growing up Southern Baptist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are just the way we were indoctrined and we're yeah. just, these are the way to live your life. Mm-hmm. If you do not follow this pattern and then, you know, but, a, but right. also, but also as Brett said, we stupid. So you have to go <laughs> and get your, get your education outside of the education that was shoved down your throat. There's yep. enough mm-hmm. things out there in the world for you to know the difference between right and wrong and not worrying about what someone else is doing. Who cares if you're married or you're not or you have a house and you don't? We all eat. We got some roof over our head. So everybody's good. Everybody's chilling. Everybody's great. Um, but follow me on social media. I am Darrell Anthony on Instagram. Darrell Anthony on Twitter. And that's safe-ish for work. Um, and, yeah, I think that's it. You can find me, Adam Andrew Rios, on Instagram at the Adam Rios with a zero um, and on X and TikTok at boxed wine poppy with a zero. Not safe for work. Yeah, y'all. Don't be scrolling on Adam's stuff when you at um, work. You're going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You most definitely and you will, are. And you will join a majority of Americans in the unemployment line. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's fool, a mess. Fool, fooling with Adam. <laughs> That's a whole mess. And um, I once got Adam blocked. We'll talk about that another time. Damn. It was the Miley Cyrus thing, remember? No, but... You I got- told you to say this thing about Miley Cyrus. Didn't it get you blocked? Or, like, suspended for a week? He got no, I got suspended week. for a week for calling... Candace. Candace Owens a coon. I- <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't call her a coon. Oh, I didn't. You said, stop cooning. Yeah, <laughs> I did. And I then said, you put cooning. Daffy Duck... You like put dance. a gif of Daffy Duck, like, <laughs> tap dancing. Oh, my God. Next week, can we talk about how her and um, Ben Shapiro beef him? Yes, we can definitely okay. talk about so that. So my yeah, Instagram <laughs> is the Fabulous Spinster. It's both um, it's Instagram and Twitter. Mine is totally safe for work because I'm also just repost shit other people say it. Mm. Yeah. True that. And you can find me, uh, Braden Bradley, on Instagram <laughs> at Mr. Braden Bradley or for the professional shawties. You can reach out to me on BradenBradley.com. And I also want to plug what Brett... Um, one of the organizations that he is proud of for um, for Manny Oliver's mm-hmm. organization, mm-hmm. ChangeTheRef.org, mm-hmm. promoting safe gun control, obviously. So check them out at ChangeTheRef.org. Amen. Amen. Well, thank hey, you guys. Oh, oh. 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 Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Ashley. No, listen, I'm so sorry. In uh, defense, 
we have only been four for the past like <laughs> seventeen years. Like I'm 17 so sorry. Seventeen episodes. Yeah. So. I'm still here. You're still here. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you can follow me, Ashley Mitchell, at Ashley Aaron M on all social media. And, and we'll Pride. Plug that because none of us did. Oh yeah. And you can follow Pride <laughs> at Pride the Podcast. You guys, I'm gonna Instagram. be posting random things in our stories now. Well, Girl, post, it on our, post it on our story and stop sending it to us. Not too random though. Not too random. But no, I we'll talk about it after. I was gonna say but me and I talked about it the other day. Thank you guys. We love you and we'll see you next time. There's a place in your heart, and I know that it is love. And this place be much brighter than tomorrow.